you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn them to Luke chapter 9. Um, that's going to be a text we look at, but uh, if you've been with us, you know that we're kind of going along and looking at moments between Peter and Jesus. We want an honest look at what it means to follow Jesus. And the best place for us to receive that honest look has to be from God's Word. Last week, we saw the initial step of following Jesus is to count the cost. We read about Peter dropping his broken nets in the presence of Jesus, falling to his knees as he reckoned with his own sinfulness. We learned that the way you know you've begun to see Jesus for who he truly is, is like Peter. You see your own spiritual bankruptcy. I'm assuming many of you have done that. You've been present with Jesus. You've come face to face with how you do not measure up to him. You fall remarkably short of his glory but you haven't stayed there. You counted the cost and you decided it would be more costly for you not to follow Jesus than to follow him. And so you counted the cost and you want to follow Jesus. So after taking the first step of counting the cost, we are now on the road to honest discipleship. But it is important for us to note the dangers on the edge of this road. On one side, there is a, a ditch called religious performance. And on the other side is a ditch called spiritual license. It is easy for us to veer off course into one of these ditches. And unfortunately, it takes a lot of time and probably some help from a friend to, to pull you out of the ditch and get you back on course. Religious performance operates on an assumption that if I perform well, God will accept me. Discipleship by performance may seem helpful at first because it gives us a false sense of assurance that things are good because we're doing the right things. But it is devastating when you're not doing the right things, isn't it? The ditch is dangerous because it's based on your work, not the finished work of Jesus Christ. The gospel reminds us that our approval before God rests not in our performance, but on the perfect performance of Jesus Christ and his perfect life and his perfect death and his perfect resurrection. Are you excited about Easter this weekend? I am. He is risen. Spiritual license, our other ditch, is the tendency in the human heart to find meaning in freedom from the rules. These disciples operate from the belief that because God has forgiven me, I'm free to go my own way. Instead of using God's word to judge others, they simply disregard it. And holiness becomes negotiable. The danger is that they define themselves against the religious performer instead of in Christ. The truth of the gospel is 
because God has forgiven me in Christ, I'm bound to obey. And if you're having a hard time of seeing the road between these ditches, I understand that. And I want to help you. The road of honest discipleship is paved with grace, and it gives us a new identity, not a new set of rules. Our identity is in Christ. If anybody was to ask you, what is the foremost thing that impacts your identity? What is your identity? I just want to plead with you, say, in Christ. I am in Christ. I am a child of God. That should be, if you are bound in the blood of Jesus, born again of the Spirit, that is your foremost identity. You are in Christ. And it is Jesus Christ that we follow. And here's what that looks like. Let's look at Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. Luke chapter 9, verses 23 through 26. And Jesus said to all, If anybody would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed. When he comes in his glory and in the glory of the Father and of the Holy angels. Lord God, would you speak to our hearts tonight? Show us from your word what it means to follow Jesus. I pray in his holy and precious name. Amen. The step we look to take tonight is to follow Jesus. That's our sermon title for this evening. Very simple, isn't it? Follow Jesus. According to Jesus, here's what that entails. Deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. I find it remarkable that Jesus said this to his disciples before dying on a cross. But something just as striking is that he tells his disciples to pick up their tool of execution daily. Daily. So what does the day-to-day of following Jesus look like? Well, remember, we're looking at moments shared between Peter, uh, one of the most well-known disciples of Jesus in the Bible, and Jesus, to get an honest look at discipleship from the Bible. And Peter's greatest moments in his walk with Jesus came from his confessing who Jesus was and and what he offered him and the other disciples. Uh, One of those moments took place after Jesus said something kind kind of interesting. Jesus tells a group of people that he is the bread of life. And we're kind of well aware of that kind of title that Jesus took on in the Gospel of John. And that's not what upset people. He associated himself with the bread that God provided for his people 
the Israelites in the Exodus. Uh, you might remember it's, it's called, what is it, right? Manna, because they literally didn't know what it was. But Jesus's audience didn't respond well to his words, especially after Jesus said this. Unless you eat the flesh of the son of man and drink his blood, you have no life within you. And the apostle John tells us Jesus preached this in the synagogue and people did not like his sermon. But then John 6 verse 60 says, when many of his disciples heard it, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? So some of the disciples left. And that's where we'll pick it up in John chapter 6, verses 66 through 69. So flip over to John chapter 6. We're going to look at verses 66 through 69. John chapter 6, verse 66 through 69 says this, After this, many of his disciples turned back and no longer walked with him, So Jesus said to the 12, do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Following Jesus daily requires daily confession. Daily confession. Daily confession. And we don't necessarily mean confession in the sense that you confess your sins, although that is a very important aspect of following Jesus. But we already noted that in counting the cost, didn't we? When we are present with Jesus, we come face to face with our own spiritual bankruptcy. We saw Peter did that repeatedly in following Jesus. No, I mean confession in the sense of professing Jesus Christ is who he says he is. And he provides what he offers us. That is what Peter does in this conversation with Jesus. When asked if he will leave Jesus like the other disciples, not the 12, but some of the other ones that were following him, what is Peter's response? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? There's no other option. You have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. Jesus is the Holy One of God. And he alone has the words of eternal life. This is what we confess daily or something to this extent. When he was prompted by Jesus at another moment in one of the gospels, uh, Jesus was wondering what the disciples had heard, what, what the scuttlebutt was, right? Who do they say I am? And they were like, well, you know, John the Baptist, you know, reincarnate or Elijah. They're not sure. And then Jesus looks at Peter and he says, who do you say that I am? And Peter's response, you are the Christ. You are the long-awaited Messiah. 
you are King Jesus. And he is. He is the Christ. He is the long-awaited Messiah. He is the God-man who has come to seek and to save the lost. And he alone can deliver us. He alone can provide a life of hope, like we sang about, of purpose that's greater than ourselves. Hope and purpose that we long for. People are captivated by all kinds of influencers nowadays. Um, speakers, motivational speakers. Maybe you've heard of some of the, the top 10 speakers in the world today. Uh, people like Oprah Winfrey, Bear Grylls, Magic Johnson, Deepak Chopra, Jordan Peterson, Dave Ramsey, <laughs> Simon Sinek. These speakers and others like them know how to captivate an audience. Maybe even help them see value in themselves and the work that they do. They probably hear all the time about how one of their followers was helped during a difficult time of life and their talks or resources saved their life. Regardless of how helpful these people may be, we know them to be extremely limited in what they can provide. How so? Well, none of them are the Holy One of God. None of them carry the words of eternal life. It is here that we see the importance of following Jesus as opposed to anyone else. Our daily confession is a willful proclamation that there is no one greater you could possibly follow than Jesus. So if Jesus was to ask you what he asked Peter, who do you say that I am? What would you say? What would you profess? And the even sharper question, would your life back it up? Would you say that he's king? Would you say that he's Lord? And does your life declare it as well? He is God incarnate. He is the sovereign king of the universe, whether you make him that or not. We say it or we pray it or we live it out, but it is a daily confession that orients our heart to align with the way of Jesus. It points us in the right direction to step as Jesus directs us to. We have a daily confession, and then we have a daily commitment. A daily commitment. Uh, I love this next text. Uh, it's Matthew chapter 14. Uh, I'll let you kind of turn there, take some time, turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33 say this. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up on the mountain by himself 
to pray. I'll pause here. Just an encouragement that if the second person of the Holy Trinity found it uh, that he needed to be present with the first person of the Holy Trinity, the Father, how much more do we need to spend time with God? When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. And those in the boat worshiped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. Daily commitment is not only walking in obedience of what Jesus commands. It is that. But it is also looking for opportunities to grow one's obedience. To follow Jesus with greater intimacy and greater precision. And that's what we see from Peter, isn't it? Peter answered, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. Peter would have never walked on the water if he didn't believe that it was actually Jesus walking on water. And he wouldn't have walked on water if he didn't believe that Jesus could make it possible for him to walk on water. So let's take a second to appreciate that miracle. I don't know about your history with bodies of water, but I dare say none of us have walked on them. And ice doesn't count. Jesus did walk on water. And Peter followed him there. So before we see Peter mess up, let's just appreciate that for what it's worth. But then he did get distracted, didn't he? <laughs> Tells us, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and took hold of him, saying to him, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? So you've counted the cost and you've begun to follow Jesus, but maybe, maybe it's not what, you, what it turned out to be, what you thought it would be. Maybe you followed him pretty close, but you took your eyes off of him and you began to see what he was actually calling you into. It's chaos. It's disruption. Discomfort. The elements, a, a storm of sorts. And you become afraid and you feel yourself sinking. 
What is it in your life right now that has called your attention away from the one who walks on waters? Someone to be marveled at. And something as treacherous yet mundane as a storm. What's got you sinking? What has you distracted from marveling at Jesus? This is a bittersweet moment for Peter. In part, he did get to walk on water with Jesus. But Jesus literally told him, do not be afraid. And as soon as he steps out of the boat and is on the water, what, is, what does he do? He, he gets afraid. There's something to be learned about commitment here. Regardless of how committed we are, we will fall at times. We will sink. Our faith will be little and we will experience doubt. But in those moments when we aren't as committed as we initially were, that phrase, Lord, save me, is a safe phrase to cry out. The author and perfecter of our faith is exactly who we should call on to help us when our faith is little and the storm looks scary. Our commitment to follow Jesus is both a commitment to step out in faith and call on him in times of need. It's not either, it's both. This is honest discipleship at its finest. Following Jesus calls for daily commitment that looks like Peter in the storm. And in the midst of that commitment, we worship. We worship Jesus as the disciples did in the boat after Peter was saved and the storm ceased. They confess Jesus is the Son of God. And so we with them confess Jesus is the Son of God. We have daily confession, daily commitment, and then finally, daily curiosity. Daily curiosity. Um, this doesn't come from a super well-known moment between Peter and Jesus, but it is a moment with Peter and Jesus. Matthew tells us that Jesus was teaching on forgiveness and reconciliation. In response to Jesus' teaching, Peter asked Jesus a question to try and apply the teaching to his own life. Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22 say this, Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. This is the kind of curiosity we should have on a daily basis as we follow Jesus. We confess that Jesus is the Lord of our life. We are committed to following the person of Jesus and his teaching. And as we interact with his teaching and his example, we should ask questions of Jesus. Now, not in the sense of the Pharisees and the scribes playing a game of stump the teacher. That's not us but genuine questions of, Lord Jesus, what does this teaching mean for my life in action? Jesus will always be honored with genuine questions like those. I was encouraged at dinner last night. Um, it was really great. Anna and I got to have my parents over for dinner. 
Um, and, and I don't know what your relationship with your parents looks like, um, but if it's on good terms, let me just encourage you, spend more time with your parents than you already are. It is a blessing to have good parents and enjoy them. Enjoy time with them. I know I don't regret my dinner last night. I came away very encouraged. My mom asked me a Bible question last night that I had never thought to ask. But I'm glad that even after 50 years of following Jesus Christ, she is still curious about what the teachings of the Bible mean for her life. She asked, if the Israelites had animals in the wilderness, then why did they complain to God about not having meat? I had never thought to ask that question. And so I, all I could do is speculate. And then eventually we, we brought up gotquestions.org and at the dinner table, and we kind of found out the answer together. And so if you, if you don't know, this, this is a great resource to you, gotquestions.org. If you have a question about the Bible, that's a good place to start. And we figured out the answer together, and we discussed what, uh, or how we've been like the Israelites lately, maybe grumbling and complaining in the wilderness. We applied it. That's what we should have, a daily curiosity as we interact with the person and teachings of Jesus Christ. Some of y'all are wondering, <laughs> y'all want to know the answer to that question about the animals in the wilderness, don't you? But I'm not telling. You've got to look it up yourself. You've got to check out gotquestions.org for yourself. But be encouraged. We are not only allowed to ask Jesus questions in our walk with him. He invites us to come to him as little curious children, curious about his kingdom and our place in it. So what does this mean for us? Daily confession, daily commitment, daily curiosity. Well, after we've counted the cost, we begin to follow Jesus. And he says to anyone that would follow after him, you must deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow him. Following Jesus is an everyday lifestyle, not just on Sunday mornings and certainly not just on holidays like Christmas and Easter. It's an everyday lifestyle. But listen to me, some days are way better than others. And some days are really difficult. As we follow Jesus, this should be the general trajectory of our lives. We are spending time with him daily, confessing that he is the Lord of our life, committed to following him and staying curious. When we confess Jesus Christ, we are effectively denying ourselves. When we commit ourselves to Jesus, you know who we're no longer committed to? Ourselves. Right To pick up your cross daily, we, we, we live out what Paul wrote about in Galatians 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Pick up your cross daily. Crucify the flesh. Be committed to Jesus, not yourself. Pick up your cross like he did and stay curious. Stay curious as you interact with Jesus. We need to beware the, the ditch of religious performance. 
We don't let our discipleship get bogged down with following all the rules. We follow the person, Jesus Christ. It is true that we do what he tells us to do and we don't do what he tells us not to do, but we do so out of a love for him. The moment our rule keeping is detached from the love and admiration that we have for Jesus, we've started to rely on our own strength and our own rule keeping ability. And we have strayed from the gospel. We've crashed into a ditch. We must also beware the ditch of spiritual license. Those who are motivated in their discipleship by spiritual license are actually ruled by their ultimate God, which is freedom, or at least their own understanding of freedom. And that freedom is a deceptive master. We don't give ourselves over to sin and disobedience in the name of freedom. We keep away from questionable or inappropriate behavior, not because we're legalistic, but because true freedom is found in following Jesus. So don't crash into that ditch either. There are two words in this phrase, follow Jesus. Do you know the Jesus that you have chosen to follow? No, like, do you have a relationship with him? Do you spend time with him? Do you talk to him? Do you know him personally? Do you have a relationship with the God-man Jesus who comes to seek and save the lost? Because he is a friend to sinners. Have you truly believed in him and received him as Lord? If not, now is the time to count the cost and call on Jesus to save you from your sin and eternal condemnation. If you want to have that conversation, I am more than happy to have that with you, as are a lot of the people you've seen and heard from tonight. If you do know Jesus, wonderful. Do you confess him daily? Do you profess him to be the person he says he is and to to provide the things that he says and offers us? Are you committed to him? More than just in verbalizing it, you live it out. And are you staying curious as you interact with him? This is what it means to follow Jesus. So take the step. Take the step, whether it's on water or in the middle of a storm. Step out and follow Jesus.